0: Welcome to The Catholic Journey. This is Deacon Pat coming to you from a beautiful and sunny Sacramento, California. What a beautiful day today. You know, the high is only supposed to be, what, 55 degrees today? But if you look through the window outside, the sun is shining, the sky is blue. It's not until you walk outside that you realize it's still uh, wintertime, and uh, there is a little cool breeze out there, you know, one of those breezes that... uh, kind of penetrates right through your skin and you feel it in your bones. (laughs) My wife Liz and I were outside just a minute ago saying goodbye to our kids. It's kind of a special weekend for us this weekend. My daughter Mackenzie came uh, from Los Angeles for a visit and my son Sean is on leave from the military um, so he flew in from Texas and he's actually going to be here for two weeks but since those two visits crossed over... Um, Sean came in last night. He's actually driving McKinsey back to Los Angeles, which is about a five-hour drive from Sacramento. He's going to drop her off and then turn around and come back tonight, probably get in late tonight. Then we'll have the next um, almost two weeks with Sean. Since he's in the military, we don't get to see him quite as often as we would like, um, but he just re-upped for um, another five years. He's been in six years, and uh, he re-upped, and so he's going to take a couple of weeks off, and then he's moving to the East Coast. So we're going to really take advantage of this time and spend time with him. Well, I'd like uh, to share a couple of topics with you today, and um, or, or at least one topic with you, and maybe we could explore it a little bit and uh, see if we can grow from uh, this discussion. I was thinking over the last week about pride. I think pride is probably uh, the sin that most of us struggle with the most. Even if we don't know that we're struggling with it, it is something that is probably the most prevalent sin of our society, and it uh, hinders our spiritual growth. It also gets in the way of just true charity in life. And so many of the other um, aspects of virtue, pride, I think will overshadow our ability to recognize and to respond sometimes in the most charitable and loving ways. I was reading from The Imitation of Christ the other day, and I have a, just a little paragraph. I promise it's very, very short. I'd like to share with you, and maybe we can um, ponder it and, and dive in a little bit deeper. So it's at the very beginning of the book, and it's the second chapter, and it's titled Having a Humble Opinion of Self. Skipping through a few paragraphs, uh, I come to the last paragraph in that section and here it is if you wish to learn and appreciate something worthwhile then love to be unknown and considered as nothing truly to know and despise self is the best and most perfect counsel to think of oneself as nothing and always to think well and highly of others is the best and most perfect wisdom wherefore if you see another sin openly or commit a serious crime do not consider yourself better for you do not know how long you can remain in good estate all men are frail but you must admit that none is more frail than yourself such powerful words and I think such wisdom in those words I don't know about you but I have a tendency at times and I probably give myself way more credit than is due, <laughs> so I probably often am judgmental of others when I see something I don't like. Or especially when I go into church, um, I'm still waiting for my assignment. You know, we just recently moved back to Sacramento, and I'm still waiting for my parish assignment. So I'm not serving on the altar. I'm actually in the pews, and um, and I at times I can be. Um, I'm sorry to say, but I can be hypercritical. Of what I'm seeing occur around me and and judgmental you know I see myself and maybe many of you can relate to this for the most part I see myself as a very kind and charitable and generous person but honestly if I had to self evaluate myself in a critical way and in an honest and authentic way I wouldn't be truthful if I didn't recognize just how judgmental I can be. I can try to keep that in check, but it is maybe an innate part of myself and maybe you that we can be judgmental and critical people. And when we're judging other people often, it's um, not in a charitable way. And I think Christ is calling us to be charitable people. But back to my point of sitting in the pews and looking at things around me, if it's the way that the cleric is acting or what he's doing on the altar, if it's the musicians that are performing in a way that I think is maybe not appropriate or as reverent as I should be, or I see people in mass and before mass, instead of being prayerful and preparing themselves for mass, they're visiting and they're feeling or presenting themselves as very casual, more casual than I would think appropriate. I can be very judgmental of all of those things. But back to the words from Thomas Akempis um, with the imitation of Christ, do we really see ourselves as less than others? Do we really see ourselves of being less than perfect? And do we try to think more highly of others than we do of ourselves? And when we see somebody do something that we think is not appropriate, maybe sinful, do we first think or ponder that maybe they're still, even though they're committing something that is less than perfect, do we still see them as better than myself? I think to be able to be in that frame of mind we have to have an approach or almost a constant attention to be able to see our own faults i think that's one of the fault of our society is we tend to ascribe not not only just permission but an excuse for everything and when you're when you're giving excuses or you're rationalizing certain actions or behaviors in life, then there tends to be no accountability for those actions or those behaviors. What if we stopped that? What if we stopped rationalizing our poor choices in life, our times of laziness, our times where we let things pass by where they should be addressed, but we're either too cowardly or too lazy. To, to bring those to our own attention and others' attention. What if we stopped that? What if we stopped making excuses? And what if we tried to live the most upright life we could live? How would that change not only our lives, the lives of our immediate friends and family, and how would that change really uh, the inner workings of the communities that we live in if many of us did that? You know, I think about how many Catholics there are in the world. And I know, at least on some level, what our faith teaches and the type of life that we should be living as ascribed by our faith. And what if all the Catholics that profess to be Catholic lived the life that our church and faith teaches of us? What kind of impact would that have on the world around us? You know, we're into this new year. We're into February now. Many of us in December and January start thinking, even if it's for a brief period of time, how we would like to improve ourselves. What are aspects of our lives that we would like to change? Now, for many of the many of us, we identify one or two areas and we put a a lofty goal on <laughs> what we would like um, the change to be. And we give it a wholehearted try for at least a day or two or a week. And, um, and then all of a sudden uh, we fail. Because as humans we often fail. And then we stop thinking about what that was. <laughs> how many of you guys can relate to something like that? Um, I know I've done it year after year after year. Sometimes the same uh, de- default that I have in myself um, to change. Um, how many of you can identify with that as well? but what if we not only continue to identify those weaknesses and those faults within ourselves and we do try to continue to work on those but when we when we falter and we fall off our corrective course what if we don't give up what if we don't throw in the towel what if we don't rationalize why we cannot change or how others are actually worse than what we are. And maybe that, even though that that's a fault, it's not that bad of a fault. What, what if we stopped doing that? And what if we stopped judging other people's people and stopped rationalizing our inequities? And what if we worked with all of our strength and all of our might every day to not only improve who we are, but strive for true holiness in our lives? i think if many of us could spend just a few minutes thinking about the things that we do in our life that are opposed to holiness and that we tried to rectify that with acting in a virtuous way and that we gave all of our heart and mind and ability towards striving every single day to reach that goal towards holiness How much happiness would that bring in our lives? You know, working in mental health for the last three decades or so, I've been surrounded by people who are struggling with unhappiness, struggling with really identity issues, struggling with really the unmet expectations that they or someone else has been placed in their lives, and that they really are struggling to really find meaning in their lives, and are really um, down in the dumps often in regard to what is life really all about and i think where we get really mixed up a lot of times is we try to live a life of serving ourselves, and instead of fighting against really our weaknesses we try to rationalize those and then we live in a state really of kind of disconnect Because when you're living a holy life, a righteous life, a virtuous life, that's a life that's really close, or at least closer to God and to Christ. And as we veer away from the closeness by allowing sin to really be prolific in our lives, we've separated ourselves from who and what is truth, is happiness, is purity, Is meaning in our life and where this gets really confusing and really mixed up is because so many of us are so really engaged in the culture around us and if you're honest and can critically evaluate the culture and the and really what the culture stands for for most of us that culture is anti-christian anti-catholic anti-truth it's really a reflection of really self-centeredness and evil in the world. There's rationalizations and really the focus is on self-preservation and self-service. Really the op- opposite of what many Christians live for in their lives. Of uh, Really, it would be more of just service of others. Love of others more than themselves. To serve others in such a way That means to be selfless in their own lives to really lay down your life for others realizing that we put more value on another's life than our own. If you just think about one of the biggest issues of today and really the one that so many of us are fervently fighting on one side of the fence or the other for would be abortion to want and to be able to kill a child because you feel that you cannot provide for it or that it would affect your life in a certain way or some other decision that you have that's probably based in fear is the exact opposite of the life of what it means to be a Christian to serve others above and beyond serving our own needs And I think that's why so many Christians and Catholics have such a hard time trying to understand even where these pro-abortion people are coming from. Sometimes we can think it's ignorance that they have that they don't truly understand. But I think many of them do understand. But they have rationalized their view in such a way that they're really not open to the truth. I don't know. That's just something to, to ponder. But back, back to the initial question of really pride in our lives and living a life of humility and a life of service. Maybe we can take a part of this day, President's Day today, and think about how we relate to others, how um, we feel that we uh, stand up to others. Do we, are we more freely open and able to see the value and the uniqueness and the good in others? Or are we always in judgment of others, where we are trying to hold ourselves up and above the actions and presentations of others? To be truly humble is to value others probably more than ourselves, Um, to see ourselves for who we are, and to know that we're in great need of God's grace, that God is who we're striving to be close to, and he allows often that we have these failures in our life and they are to help develop humility. If you're someone who feels like they are failing often in life and you're struggling with that, could it be that God is either willing or allowing these things to happen in your life for a greater good? And that greater good is he knows for you to gain entrance into heaven You need to work much more fervently on being a humble person by realizing who you are, realizing really the graces that God gives you in your life, not that you own for yourself, but that God has placed in your life for your use, these abilities and these talents that you have, and then also that you realize that in your weakness, you can find God and his strength. That as Paul, as St. Paul would say, in my paraphrase, (laughs) is that it's through our weaknesses that we become strong in Christ. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. I just wanted to share a few thoughts with you on this beautiful President's Day. And I hope that you have a wonderful day, that you can spend some some of the day in peaceful rest, And that you have a wonderful week, a God-centered week, and that God continues to shine His grace on you, and that both of us can become more humble, respectful, and forgiving of others around us. Have a great day, and God bless.